you are listening to Around Comics, episode 198. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. And lots of people did. We have like half of Chicago here tonight. This is weird. Let them hear you. All right. Race through. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Christopher Neesman. Uh, Tom Caters is not with us this week, but uh, have no fear. We have a fantastic panel lined up for you. Uh, let's get everybody introduced here. Uh, first of all, he is the creative force behind such titles as Loaded Bible, Jesus vs. Vampires, and the soon-to-be major motion picture hack slash. He is wow. Mr. Tim Seeley. Hello, hello. Thanks for that. Was a, that was epic. You like that? Yeah, that was nice. That dun, was dun, nice. I need, like, thundering music in the, and in I the background. And I just whine in the corner. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, next, a return guest uh, who you may remember from our episode on video games. He is Mr. Adam Swank. Hey, guys. What's up? It's me here. Good to have you here. Good to see you again. You, you, you hung around Chicago even after uh, after the, 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 uh, the EA Chicago fallout. Yeah, the implosion. Yeah, I did. I love the city, so uh, I decided. I would uh, make it work out here and have so we can respect that awesome next is uh, yet another return guest to the show you may remember uh, she and Lynn Cody here a couple months ago talking about their webcomic Chicago 1968 among other projects she is Miss Jenny Frizen hello Oh yay! Yay! yay. That's what he meant. Yay! <laughs> Fresh from your drive up from uh, from Peoria. Fresh from Peoria. Yeah. Did you go into the old comic shop and give them the what for? I didn't. I called, and yeah. they don't they don't carry Voltron or Hex. <laughs> what? Your they, store sucks do, butt. Tell that store they suck. What is impossible, the name? Impossible, but I'm not gonna say what the name is. Okay. Do, do they still not sell to, to girls? Uh, I didn't. Well, they they didn't tell me yes or no on the phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> you need to put a mustache on and a top hat. You had to. You you had to oh, I forgot my mustache tonight. You gotta I'm stop from playing Magic the Gathering and dump it. And our last guest is uh, a man who has his roots in comics, but has funneled his talents into the video game industry. Currently working at Chicago's own Midway Games. He's Mr. Andrew Kadelka. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Good. We've had you on a couple times. Yeah. You've, you've bounced into the store on Free Comic Book Day. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I just kind of pass in and out like mm-hmm. the guy behind all like the famous gas. pictures. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The guy... Like the guy in the alley behind the Walgreens. Right. I'm pretty sure you said the guy in the behind. <laughs> the guy behind all the famous pictures. <laughs> Are you the man behind the Peeking man? out behind from the, the behind. The guy in the behind. Yeah, I know our next project. <laughs> well, uh, now's probably a good time to let you know that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. We're waiting for the trade. has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. In Stock Trades is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And right now, InStockTrades.com is offering our Book of the Month selection, which I think we're just going to call that the Book Club selection, because we haven't been able to knock these out once a month. So our Book Club... You find enough comics you like every month? Well, it's, yeah, but you're reading these big tomes, and it's like every six weeks, so it's just our, our Book Club selection, which is Charles Burns' Fantastic Black Hole. Oh, I love Black Hole. Absolutely. And you can pick that up right <laughs> now, good sir, at uh, In Stock Trades for uh, 35% off the cover price. Uh, the soft cover is available for $11.67, or the hard cover is a mere $16.22. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. 
So there you go. So I kind of feel dumb about paying full price for my black hole. Car. I know. You should. You should wait. Shop it in stock trades. Which uh, I believe that we're going to be recording that episode next Friday. So uh, you doing a black hole episode? Yes, we're going to do a whole episode. You want to sit in on that uh, one? Yeah. All right. Well, come by. Come by next Friday. It'll be you, right. me, and Tom. Awesome. So we'll be talking, talking black hole, uh, and then give, give you a little, a little bit of a preview. Whatever, our, what our next book of the month is. Uh, we're going to be uh, checking out uh, True Story, Swear to God, Archives, Volume One. So get the. Uh, Does that have any creepy in it? Hmm. Does that have anything? I don't think it's well. Yeah. Marriage. That's creepy as hell. Okay. <laughs> Love, romance. You got me. That's says, worse than body dysmorphism. <laughs> says the freshly engaged Tim Seeley. <laughs> Are you engaged, Phil? Oh, I'm not supposed to know that. No, no, no. Just don't say that I associated it with horrible oh. things. <laughs> we actually yes. we have another engagement announcement, but I'll save that for uh, for whenever that person is here yeah. to talk about Who it. Who is so, it? I can't. I, I don't want to say. I don't is it tell Scotty? us off air? I don't. Yes, I'll tell you is off it air. Scotty? You, well, you shouldn't make Oh, oh, no, 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 no. It's no, Mike Norton. That's, that's who it is. It seems like there, there are tons of people getting getting engaged and uh, getting married. No, what do you do? I can't say it on air. <laughs> All right, well, this is uh, usually the part of the program where we do our top of the stack. And I told you last time that we'll retool on that a little bit and uh, just going to talk about uh, kind of whatever comics we've been reading and just kind of see where it goes. So uh, anybody want to go first on something that they were really Passionate about that they've run here in the last couple of weeks. It doesn't have to be from this pile here. It doesn't oh, have to okay. be from the big well, mega pile. I would like to go, first. go ahead, Jenny, because you raise your hand. I am super psyched about um, House of Mystery. Really? I'm totally psyched that, about it. It's such good. a good book. I'm just psyched because I I think it's hard to find um, like a venue where you can have changing and shifting artists and still have it not be just a strict anthology. Sure. And I'm really psyched that they managed to get not just an anthology as a throwback to the old House of Mystery, but also a continuing story. So yeah. it's got it manages to so get rid of the problems. Did Ross Campbell do one? One of those, right? That's Ross Campbell drew the first. Those are names. That sounds like a oh names are weird name. to you, right? Jill, Jill Thompson. I don't remember. <laughs> Jill Thompson. My own name. Did, Jill uh, Thompson did one. I remember that one. <laughs> did you ever read the Dreaming back in the day? Uh -huh. Kind of sort of like in that vein yeah. where it's like sort of. Um, that was a great it has. The same characters, and the idea is that these people are stuck in, essentially, a tavern inside of the House of Mystery. Oh, okay. Was that, there was kind of a Sandman story. That Remember that World's it's End? Their the, characters, well, mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. the House of Mystery was an original story, and then Cain eventually and Cain and Cain Abel, Abel, and then uh, Neil Gaiman stole those characters with a seal. I don't mean like... <laughs> I believe, he, re I, I believe he, he requested that yes. he be able to use he, It was an homage. <laughs> sure. hey, it did not did mean too, he so stole. Okay. He <laughs> swiped <laughs> characters <laughs> and use those the house of mystery and the house mm -hmm. of secrets I house think secrets, it was. Yeah. Um, but so now the story is that these characters are stuck in the house of mystery tavern and to pay their tab or whatever um, they tell a story and that's that's what is the short story in each episode oh, okay. and has a shifting yeah, artist a every time and, and I think a different that, writer yeah, I think yeah. it's switched Neil between Gaiman, Matt Sturgis, Matt Sturgis and, Bill and Bill Williams, Bill Willing Willing cool. thank you Names names are hard for me. That's why I know names, but I don't read the books. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it's great because he, you guys are good match. Each and every issue is different because you have uh, a, a totally different feel for whatever the the story is in the middle. But there is that that over right. you know overlapping um, right. kind of mythos that they're building about. And the I'm House a big mystery. fan of um, sort of long building continuing stories. And I had read that um, I think Matthew Sturgis had said that they're going to have overlapping. He's like, I have I have kind of an entire plan for this whole book. He's like, it's not all written, but I've got a huge plan, and there's going to be overlapping mysteries. So just when another one's getting kind of wrapped up, we're going to have a couple more going. And eventually, at the very end of the series, which we plan to be a long-running series, we'll have everything tied up at the oh, end. Oh, I can see this wow. being an 80-issue. Because yeah. what's brilliant about it is that with the uh, with the the stories that each person, and there are tons, you, you have no idea how big the cast of characters is yet, because people just kind of come in and out of the tavern. And so, at, at some point in the night, it's, you know, story time, and that's that's the only currency people have is, is their stories. And so you get these great backstories of all of these different mm -hmm. characters, which I'm sure is what will end up being, you know, kind of like you know, tied into into the over, mm -hmm. you know, the overlapping art. And so. you get your anthology one shot, so you're completely satisfied, and you still have an ongoing series, me? so you want to check out the next one. And sex with giant bugs. 
That was the first. Was issue. that Ross Campbell? That you, was Ross it Campbell. Was, oh, that was. It That's was my favorite artist. Sweet. Yeah. The there short story. I was like. Well, what I think is funny is that you see a lot of the Vertigo titles these days. They're kind of have been moving away from the sort of the fantasy element, and then you have a book like Castle Mysteries. Which is too in, bad that they move away. From I know. I know. It's well, like, well, and they're actually creating another imprint that's supposed to be all about stuff. crime, which is fine. But like, I miss comics like Sandman and the Dreamy, yeah. and you know, books of magic, and you know, this House of Mystery. You know, I, I think that you know, it's it would be a shame if they lost that sort of angle. Agreed. Well, I think the success of House of Mystery is going to make them rethink that because it is sold like hotcakes. Really? They keep doing reprintings of it. Mark can't keep it in the store. I, you can't That's even awesome. find one over there because, and it's not because he doesn't order it. He keeps selling out. He can't keep cool. it on the shelves right now. Well, I'll pick it on the trade. So whatever. Fantastic. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm mostly psyched that they finally found like a really solid venue by which to have a rotating cast of artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a really And have idea. it make sense within the store, which I, th- sure. I think is a hard thing. Yeah, I think totally. that's going to be one that uh, as the trade comes out, it's really going to pick up traction. I think people right, like a, a preacher lo- or yeah. Sandman well the first two issues sold out so fast that I think a lot of people just said ah, I'll just buy it in trade and the covers yeah. are great I'm just gonna add that. Is, it, yeah. is that is James Jean? James Jean might be doing those? I think. I, I don't, don't think it was James Jean. No. He's because he's all orange and blue, and this was looked like it was uh, not. It's not. It's kind of how he drawn. It's painted. <laughs> but it was painted. But it seemed like. But it was I'm not sure. It's yeah, yeah. It, it, it had that creepy the eyes that were like bugs. Yeah. yeah whoever they're, they're gorgeous. my gear out, man. Yeah, that was weird. Gorgeous well, cover. The story was yeah. fan. You would love that story, Tim. Sex with bugs is like right up my alley. So it might actually get me to crack open that Sandman. Uh, absolute edition that's been staring at me on my bookshelf yeah, right? for the last year. No, I, I've started it probably 15 times. Is it really? the first volume, or is it... Do you yeah. have any... Man, well, the first volume is weird because it's kind of tied You've to read it before, stuff, though, right? It's got Marsh Manhunter in it. It, it, but it gets way away from <laughs> I'm getting like the I'm getting like the stink eye from Adam. Sandman is amazing. Once you get past... Like, the first... You know, it's funny because the first volume, like, the first, like, say, 10 or 15... The, the first, you know... Year and a half worth of... Maybe, but... But like yeah. it's like it's kind of Neil trying to find his footing and trying to find like and okay what are these they characters kind of wanted about? to be in the DCU and shit yeah like and they yeah. were very more horror driven and then he kind of like again he kind of moves more into sort of this fantastical kind of sort of realm and then well, he starts adding in most fantasy yeah <laughs> and he starts adding in like all these influences from yeah, other really mythologies good at, at adding and, in illusions yeah it's just it's just amazing and then what I, when I really loved it was when I was able to get the annotations online and start reading like what is he talking about here what does this mean and there's this whole other level of depth to the comic that a casual or even as an experienced comic reader would never know if they aren't incredibly well read which I'm not so and that's another are. thing that I think House of, House of Mysteries is trying to do I think they're trying to incorporate a lot of allusions to classical literature and music and art and stuff like that um, huh? but it's yeah. all it's all stuff that it just makes it more rich if you understand sure. and, and if you don't you're perfectly content to have the story sure. that makes sense all well, wasn't all one of Neil Gaiman old resources just finding really obscure books yeah. of just stories people never heard of and just you don't yeah. even have dates on them they're just yeah he like did a lot of that yeah. yeah just he would love finding books like that just to write these weird stories about <laughs> fairies and tales and whatever just whatever he finds in these bookshops fairies and tales and fairy tales and exactly <laughs> nice combination and then try to connect it all that was the cool thing he would connect it all to like what you know all these myths come from something and 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 the the, the, Drugs, the family largely. you know the dream and death and desire and all them, they it all comes from them. Which well, is like as, really cool. as soon as I get through, it's on the list. As soon as I get through the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, then I'll move on. Why to you Sam hate Man. Donnell Moore? <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm reading right now. <laughs> it's just those are right, so those are kind of like Gaiman. They're so dense. Did you read all the Swamp Things? N- not all of. I, know, I I read the first three volumes, the first three trade paperbacks, but now they're coming out with the hardcovers, and so I'm I'm waiting. Right. I'm getting there. I've read my fair share of Alan right, Moore. So right. Get off my back, see. <laughs> uh, who would like to go next? Oh, I got it. Uh, All right. I had a Phil Hester week. Phil Hester Palooza. I like Phil Hester. Mm-hmm. He came on with Golly, number one, mm-hmm. and uh, Fire Breather, number two, in the same week. And they were both the best reads I had this week, actually. Nice. Uh, Golly, totally creative idea. Uh, it's basically a carny sort of guy who's a both an uh, amusement park ride repairman and a demolition car driver uh, gets chosen by an angel to be the one to catch these angels or these demons that have slipped out but he's just kind of a like chew he's like a big old chaw chew and sort of idiot uh, so it's like Ghost Rider meets uh, My sure. Name is Earl oh god that's <laughs> nice. 
But the idea is, he says, well, he asked the angel at some point, which is, uh, why would you pick me? That you could, why don't you pick like, you know, somebody really smart? And the angel says, well, compared to us, you're all pretty much the same. <laughs> so, so it's like an idiot being chosen to think totally creative, really funny, and then, uh, you know, Fire Breather continues to be uh, kind of what I always sort of liked about Spider-Man, uh, mm-hmm. you know, action, teen angst, and. Uh, Sort of that outcast uh, thing, but done better than than some current incarnations. Sure. Of character. And Andy Coon art on that. Love Andy Coon can do no wrong. He draws some crazy knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Love and just Andy an all and an all around nice guy too. Love the Coon. Love, Love the, the Coon. In fact, his birthday was a couple weekends but we, about a week ago, which oh. makes him I think seventy two. Oh, so yeah. Happy birthday, Andy, Andy, Andy Coon. Yeah, but yeah, two, it was the you know the Hester double slam. Nice. You can't beat the Hester. He'll, and you know, he's the only... He made me like the darkness, which I didn't think would be done. And this darkness book is fantastic. So, um, Phil Hester's I, the stuff. I like Phil, but unfortunately I have to inform him that I'm going to whip his ass in fantasy football this year. Oh, you guys in a league together? Uh, apparently, that's what I hear. Apparently. So, You're like, I'm not so. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Wait, comic guys like football? What the hell? Where have I been? <laughs> Andy, Parks, and, and Phil, both big football fans. Really? Yeah, and knowledgeable. I thought Extreme. you weren't allowed to like sports if you were a comic guy. Well, <laughs> you said people aren't allowed. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's my world. And, I, and I've heard that. I've heard that Phil. Um, Don't those guys have a that he's quite in the crowd? They yeah, have bat, a bat at not sports. Good yes, sports. Yes, uh, some of the some of the folks that drop by uh, Duncan from uh, Bad at Sports. Uh, yeah, another awesome Chicago podcast. So just saying, you're too kind. It's associated. <laughs> it's associated that if you're a comic guy, you don't do football. I'm just saying. You, you know, Sal and Tom and I talk about this a lot. If we weren't doing around comics, we'd be doing uh, around baseball. Really? Yeah, we would totally do a baseball podcast. You want to try an episode right now? Sure. <laughs> I have no opinion. <laughs> no opinion. Hey, Jenny, you know, we, have, we, have a, we have an opinion about baseball. When there's a game on, bars are fun. <laughs> eh? Eh, eh? We like eh. the bars when baseball's going on. My favorite thing about Wrigleyville is that they've got a game going on in the middle. <laughs> Can you believe that? Which means the more drunk yeah. people and more pizza. <laughs> Which is a great big beer garden there's filled with people. Exactly. Food and, and beer. <laughs> what? There's a game in the middle. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, Cup fans. All right. <laughs> I don't even know the difference between Cub and Sox fans, which really makes people pissed off. My dad would say that the Cub fans are the ones that don't have tattoos. Oh, okay. that would. But my dad's a Cub fan. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> gotcha. But my, I don't know how I tell which one I am. Well, but my, but my wife is a Sox fan. She doesn't have a tattoo, so. That's, huh. so. Well, we should get her. Go get her. Go get. <laughs> we'll tattoo her right now. Hun- honey, come on down. We have artists. They're ready. <laughs> Art, to me, it just seems like both of them are just more likely to punch you in the head than other people. <laughs> Scott, like Sox fans or Cubs fans, more likely to punch you in the head. They're, they're, they're punching each other's heads for a while. To yeah. punch you in the head. <laughs> Lately, they've been having. Punching in each other. general, oh, yeah. head punching. I'm just saying. They're in general, you're more likely to be punched in the head. Passionate fan base. All right, so so we've got Hester Week and House of Mystery. Next, um, I'll go next. Go. So uh, I was going to talk about my very favorite comic, but you told me earlier that uh, people will start turning off your podcast if I mention anything to do with Walking Dead, which <sighs> has been amazing the last couple. Months. You know, we need to do like a little supplemental podcast where we just talk about the 51st issue for like a half hour because oh, it was man. so. Fun. Flipping awesome! It was it was mind blowing, but I'm not going to talk about that one. Yeah. So, um, I would say right now, sort of the one that I've been really enjoying lately, and it's it's a longtime favorite of mine is Hellblazer, yeah. and with Andy Diggle in it right now, he has taken this character who has been sort of languishing in in his world for a long time, and a little bit of a pity poor me thing and stuff, and then he's taken the guy and made him kind of a dick, like you know, John Constantine's back to, like you know, he's not going to take any shit from anybody and I thought that that was just it's just been it's been a real fun ride the way through have you read the uh, the last two issues that Jason Aaron and Sean Murphy did yeah 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 though the, which one was it those were the ones with the um, dog elemental thing yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I did yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait who's yeah. drawing that now uh, it was well, Sean, Sean Murphy, Murphy just Dude. two issues I think Sean Murphy's looks awesome. so incredible they were yeah. awesome. oh I love like, Sean every Murphy every single page I was like oh, oh my well, god I think a perfect guy to draw that book I wish he'd have been drawing it earlier yeah. like I, I don't I don't enjoy how it was much when it's drawn realistic, but when it's drawn like all crazy, like cool yeah, yeah. cartoon, it, it, has, it has to be driven, uh, drawn like that. I think. Oh, yeah, it's it like, needs to be it's, great. It is a quintessential classic horror comic. It's always been, and you know, I mean, I, I've been following it since Garth Ennis first started working on it, and 
and I just I've always loved that comic even when it didn't have the best teams on it and uh, I'm God, still angry what issue like 200 what it's Oh yeah, it's up there. It's been it's, around, it's been running for yeah. twenty years. I know, and and I always worry every month if you know Vertigo they're ever going to cancel that that comic. But it's just, that's got it's, it's just got a, it's got a solid uh, readership to it. And uh, uh, real quick, Sean Murphy, have any of you guys read Off Road? Mm-hmm. No. It, that's great. It is awesome. It is a tremendous book. Treasure the treasure your copy of it. It's out of print. It's on Amazon. <laughs> Sucker's going for like eighty bucks. And I I this is I'm not sure this is true. But I had heard one of my friends said they, um, then Sean said he wasn't going to reprint it, or they then, the Oni? Um, yeah, Oni, Oni wouldn't yeah. reprint it until they had some figure that they were sure would get sold because they were worried it wouldn't get sold. Because I mean, he did it years ago. Oh yeah. It took a long time, but now all of a sudden it's a huge hit because he's a huge hit. And hmm. so, if cross your fingers, everyone book. write into Oni that they need to reprint that because yeah. it and is a phenomenal book. I, I loved it, but uh, uh, maybe good news, bad news for you, Adam. You know that Diggle's not coming back to Hellblazer, right? Oh, this is the worst day of life. Have they discussed who's going to be coming back? Yes, oh, and I'm real... No. Simon Oliver. Oh, that, that could be kind of freaking cool, I though. I think Simon is going to have... I loved Exterminators, and mm-hmm. it's too bad that, that that series ended, and he has the right attitude for it. Well, have you been reading uh, Hellblazer, Chaz, the, the Knowledge? I haven't read that one yet, no. It's really good. I think that... Well, first of all, Simon grew up in in London or around one and so right. you know he has a very you know obviously a you British know yeah. yeah you know he <laughs> knows how to do kind of a you know snarkiness right, and right. so he's got a good feel and he obviously writes the creepy you know fucking horror stuff so I think Simon was a perfect pick to take it over you know what he reminded me most of actually is um, um, Preacher uh, when he was writing Exterminators mm-hmm. it just had a real feel of like this you know I mean sometimes it was a little over the top kind of gore but you know I kind of like that I, I my dad raised me on zombie movies <laughs> sure um i uh, i think that you know but not just that he's actually a really excellent writer too so i think it would be that would be a really good fit yeah so. yeah i'm i'm excited he'd been doing some gen 13 stuff which didn't feel like simon yeah. oliver's type he needs of to be book mature, yeah he needs to do something that has you know bugs yeah, so, you exactly. know creepy crawly stuff so mm-hmm. yeah. oh, yeah. all right so hellblazer <laughs> um mr kadelka young liars david lapham I've been reading that lately. It's been it's been something that's pretty twisted, and it's I've been pretty into it lately. Just uh, just the direction it's going. It's just, I can't ex- I can't ex- I don't know what's coming next. Basically, when I read it, and uh, I don't know if any of you guys have been reading it at all, or you've read I some made of a certain disappointment when I the first issue. Actually. I didn't open I it, but it. the covers look cool. The um, it's on the fourth issue right now, and mm-hmm. it's it's picked up a lot. It, uh, the story's starting to get really interesting, and he's taking it in just really crazy direction. Tom loves it. Yeah. I loved Murder Me Dead and I was a huge Stray Bolts fan and from, for some reason Young Liars did not. It's, it started grab. slow. It started yeah. really slow but it picked up after you got to know the characters because you had to introduce all these different weird It's kind people. of like the loser rock band. Pretty dude, much. Right? Yeah, it's people I knew when I hung out in the clubs and stuff. Yeah. Just really twisted, you know. I, 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 missed the, I missed the boat and by the time that you know, Tom told me how much he loved it and I heard from Ron and I fanboy how much he loved it. I was like, oh shit, I can't get the first issue. Ah, okay, I'm going to wait for the trade. So I'm that guy. I'm, I'm the for the trade. Yeah, I'm waiting for the trade. That on guy's that okay. One. I'm okay with that guy. Okay. It's well, another that's one. good. It's a, it's a vertigo <laughs> title, right? It's a vertigo <laughs> title. And but see, it's not like that. And that was what I was talking about before. I mean, it is it is awesome, and I really enjoy it. But it's also it's like it's not in the realm of sort of the horror fan ta- fantasy kind of sort of realm. No, it's its own genre. It's it keeps it yeah. real, but it's still it's yeah. still is that a crime. It's book messed kind? up. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Laugham is kind of a crime guy. Yeah. What, what happened I run so hot and cold with? Uh, finally started reading Stray Bullets. I, I found the the first hardcover, and it's it is blow your mind. Yeah. Good. No, awesome. that was a huge inspiration. Um, the OGN that he did uh, a couple years ago, uh, Silverfish. Silverfish, yeah. yeah. It was all right. Sure, it, sure. It, it kind of felt, you know, TV movie of the week to me. Where Stray Bullets is is really a brilliant work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, like the stuff he did, um, uh, the Spectre story. It's, I was uh, going to say Plasm, but that was just me. Which, <laughs> which I thought that the Doctor Thirteen backups, and I think it was Tales of Suspense or one. I, I forget exactly what it was, but he was doing a, a Spectre story. But the Doctor Thirteen backups that Brian Azarill and Cliff Chang were doing in the back, I thought were awesome in comparison so Wapham 
you know, obviously has the chops. It just runs hot and cold with me. You know, um, he's the one that actually made me start really taking black and white comics seriously when he first started on stream. Mm-hmm. Straight was bullets. it Ninja Turtles? Dude. I, you know, I, I, I missed the boat on that. <laughs> when I started reading comics, it was like kind of, you know, X-Men around sort of the late Chris Claremont era, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and not until college when I picked up straight, straight Bullets towards the end of college, I believe, um, did I start uh, realizing that this is a whole wealth of great stuff in black and white, and I became addicted to it, actually. I have a lot of favorites in the black and white genre that um, I, I, still I almost do think there should be more. Really? It's just they don't sell? Just Walking Dead, it's the only guy it's in the world. black and white. It's too bad, that because it just <laughs> adds so it, it adds an Oh, well, no, I mean, only the OGN. I'm talking about a monthly book. So oh. OGN is one thing, but... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Scott Pilgrim is black and white. That's one thing, but... It's I would grayscale, though. It's not black and white, necessarily, like the old black yeah, and white yeah. and gray. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I want my Zipatone back. Exactly. I would prefer uh, I black and white to bad coloring. I think good yes. coloring you oh, can't yeah, do. Yeah, in, a monthly, yeah, in a monthly fashion, you really can't do a black and white. You can do it at definitely an OGN, which is which I think is it great. It's a different audience, but... You could easily yeah. do a crime noir, mo- uh, crime noir book, uh, comic in black and white, because you that's what it, people are expecting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> crime... Well, it's sold for a long time. Yeah, but different time, man. Yeah, different time, dude. Yeah. yeah. Relative. I'm you'll, yeah. you'll look like right now, like for a crime, just a crime book, you know, great, you know, colored, glossy paper, heavy stock cover, blah, blah, blah. It's going to top out at like 40000 in sales. Right. And I, I usually don't like talking about sales anymore because it just makes me angry. It's but depressing. It, it's like, if something's in black and white, you can pretty much cut the sales in half on just about anything. That's just too bad. You know, yeah. It's just, I mean, there's something about the black and white that, like, it's scary, adds yeah. to the quality of the comic sometimes. It depends mm-hmm. on what the comic is, but... but there's like, a little more control, I, I can't think. imagine certain comics being in color. Oh, can you imagine... Oh, are you guys taking off? Bye. Like the Jeff, Dune, for Duncan. example. Yes, listen to Bad at Sports. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Duncan. I mean, I can't imagine... Re- Love and Rockets. Can you imagine yeah. Love and Rockets no, being in color? not at all. And even, like, when they went back to this Saga of the Swamp thing, you know, Alan Moore, mm-hmm. and they reprinted them in black and white, and there was something eerie and cool about that at the time, too. So I just picked up the uh, the creepy archives, and God, are those beautiful. But they're all all black and white. You know, even whenever uh, Marvel was doing their black and white magazine, like the Hulk, um, the Hulk magazine with the, all the Moon Knight backups, all that, you know, black and white and grayscale stuff was beautiful. So, you know, I, I, I wish more people would be open to reading black and white stuff, because a lot of people will go, oh, it's black and white, I'm not going to waste my time with that. Stuff out it would save me genre. some Serious headache. If people would be like, listeners, the hardest thing to listeners, get. Listeners, independent books is go color. get black and white comic <laughs> yeah. books. Yeah, if I can make black forum. Forum. Oh my okay. god, my life would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. There's, there's still so much room to experiment, though. I mean, people could still use both black and white and color to tell a story. I mean, I know uh, Big Numbers was one of those back in like 20 years ago, almost however long it was, when they wanted to do starting it from black and white and going s- slowly to color. And oh. nobody's ever done experiments like that. For well, it's because Alan Moore can do that. The rest of us are just not that. Cool. Well, nobody's <laughs> gonna read it. Well, about and you. then um, Promethea. Yeah, Promethea. Sort of did. like that. I mean, he—it was the he color was changed, yeah. and the entire art style changed throughout mm-hmm. the whole book, which yeah. was really interesting. It was a. There were certainly kinds of art in that book that I liked much, much less than others, but it was just the fact that it was an experiment that was yeah, really yeah. interesting and exciting. There's still a lot of room, I think, to to take the color in black and white. <laughs> so back to David Lapham. I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. I think he's going into David Lynch territory right now, doing really sort of surreal, existential stuff yeah. with his with his storytelling. I mean, it's color, and it's it still looks good. Oh, are, you boo, boo. are you for col- or against the <laughs> David Lynch uh, metamorphosis? I am for it. Okay, because I think it's going in some interesting territory. If they keep this ish- if they keep the series going for a while, I think it'll go somewhere really cool. Nice. Well, he got kind of burned at Valiant, right? Is that what was the deal was? He yeah, got kind of burned, and down. then he went yeah. and said, you know, screw it, I'm going to do my own thing yeah. for a long time. That's and the then, legend, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the and so, but Young Liars works in color. It definitely works. I'm just saying certain types of things yeah, that yeah. I, I enjoy seeing. So I totally agree. Cool. Well, my top of the stack. Uh, let me see. And he has right. a literal stack. Dude, <laughs> it was <laughs> It was su- it was a ridiculous week. Um, 
so much good stuff came out this week, and I'm, I've only read about half of it. So uh, I was like, I was like to make sure that Hackslash comes out in a week when only crap comes out, because then you have no competition. You're like, oh, hopefully yeah. only terrible things. I don't come think out it could week. be. Yeah. I don't think it's allowed to be top of your top of the sack if you haven't read it yet. No, I haven't read everything yet. <laughs> Actually, what's what's uh, silly about this is I read this a long time ago. Um, we had we had Mike Mayhew on. I actually hadn't read it. I had seen some preview pages out of it, but uh, you know Mike is such a, a good visual storyteller that that you could really well. It's okay. First of all, it's it's X Men Origins Jean Grey, and so. F- First of all, if you are an old school X-Men fan, you kind of know Jean Grey's origin, and so it's pretty easy to, to follow the story. It's it's um, you know it's one that it's one that most most folks uh, know and can pick up on. But uh, this is written by Sean McKeever, and it is uh, uh, fully painted by Mike Mayhew, and it is we'll get to the paints in a, in a second. They're absolutely gorgeous. But uh, but Sean's story is is kind of just a retelling of Jean Grey's um, all already kind of well-known origin story about, you know, her friend who gets hit by the car, and that's the first time that Jean's mutant powers manifest, and she actually is kind of inside her friend's mind when she dies, and, and uh, you know, so you know, uber traumatic, and then Xavier comes and, and kind of uh, helps her through that, and then brings her to the school. But um, Sean is able to put kind of a nice updated spin on that, expands the story a little bit, takes it past the time that she, that she goes to Westchester uh, becomes an X-Man, and there's another another kind of story that ties things together. Uh, the voice in it's very solid. Uh, Sean's dialogue is always very good. He writes teens and teen stories exceptionally well. He's a teenage girl at heart. That's why he is a teenage, teenage girl, girl at heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know Tom Gaber. He's, he's a uh, little girl. Uh, you, Sean. He wrote this well. I mean, he's been uh, he's been uh, exclusive at DC for a year and a half now. So he uh, he wrote this before he. Before he went over to to DC, but um, Mike's art in this is is blow your mind good. It is it is it very is, crisp, very oh, clean. It's it is it is so beautiful. And some uh, there was a comment on our forum this week that his his teenage Jean Grey looks like a teenager. She well, isn't that a real girl that he did a photograph? Exactly. Yeah. Whenever we were talking to him a couple of weeks ago, so they actually got two two models, uh, a 12, 12 and a 16 year old um, gals that uh, that looked like they could kind of be sisters because he needed to do a, a 12 year old Jean Grey and then a, then a 16 year old and so he's very cognizant of the fact that, that teenagers should look like teenagers and I don't think that everyone in comics Yeah. That's necessarily does that. That's definitely a problem. <laughs> Especially when they don't stay teenagers. Like, that's nice then they mm-hmm. look age appropriate, but when one character throughout a book shifts from, like, 29 to four and a half, yeah. and they're also well, it's hard to, to keep them teenagers when you're, you know, trades and porn stars or something. You know, it, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, you, you look at these pages, <laughs> and these... Four and a half age porn stars. You know, these are, these are 13... These are 13-year-old girls yeah. that are on this page, and they they look 13, and that's... that's that's how it should be, and then she does age throughout the story. But it, it was for old school X Men fans that want to read a, another great take on Jean Grey's origin. This is totally fulfilling for people that have never read Jean Grey's origin. This is is a is a great book, and if you love beautiful painted comic books, you can't you can't well, go. Sort of, it's sort of hypothetically painted, right? I think it's done in tones and then digitally enhanced. I don't know exactly what his process Hypo- was. Hypothetically painted. Hypothetically. Uh, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> no, Hypothetically. Exactly. No, I, no, I, no, because I, I, I've I, seen a I, lot of his originals that are usually like toned pencils, and then maybe someone goes over and digitally sort of. Uh, no, I went to I went to his site, and he's got it, he's got painted pages. It looks I, like watercolor. Yeah, but yeah. even if it even if it isn't, I'm not real saying watercolor. that digital is not painted. It's yeah. painted. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I think this it seems is, like it was digital. There was pencil tones. Like this brush and water and all that stuff, because he has the the painted pages up yeah. on. Site. It looks all watercolor acrylic. There's one. Oh, I, there's a, there's there's a page in there that I would love to. If you flip through, it's the one where uh, where Marvel. It's the full page with the missile being shot at her. I would love to buy that page, but it would probably um, a get me divorced if my wife ever found out 
bankrupt and B, bankrupt me. Cause I, have a, <laughs> I have a whole collection of girls being shot at with missiles if you want to come to my house. Okay. Check out my Are those gallery. two mutually <laughs> exclusive? Would you get a divorce because of how expensive it would be? Or Yes. Okay. That, yes. Cool that seems fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does your wife just hate Jean Grey? Yeah. <laughs> Not Jean Grey! That red-headed bitch! <laughs> <laughs> how dare she come back over and over again? So, no, that's... Um, <laughs> no more Famke Jansen for you, Chris! <laughs> you know, it's amazing how long she's been dead for, actually. Jean Grey's been gone. How long has she been off the map it's for? It's been a long... It's been more than five years, I think. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't Claremont yeah. wipe... No, Morrison, Morrison wiped her butt out, didn't he? No. No, Claremont did. And no, then Morrison... Did Morrison kill her again? No, I think it was Claremont. Um, uh-huh. Remember, he was doing that space... That space yeah, uh, plot line where they were in space and she saved Wolverine, right? Yeah. And that's when she died. I was thinking about that today. That has been a while it's ago. It's been a long time. I was surprised that they kept her gone. Well, they got Ultimate and uh, First Class. and So she's not really gone, gone. Yeah. I, I miss she's Jean Grey, but then again, I'm kind of glad that yeah. she's... I still I can't stand... What's her face? Emma. Got some Emma problems? I, I dislike Emma. Dude. I mean, I like her. She's a great villain. But <laughs> I just don't believe her in that role. I was reading Secret Invasion, and they had, like, all of the... Uh, the like 80s versions of the characters are, are in Secret Invasion down in the Savage Land and it was the 1980s Emma Frost in the in the old Hellfire Club <laughs> costume and she pops out and says, like, I'm Emma Frost with the Hellfire Club. I was like, shoot that scroll bitch. <laughs> exactly. You're like, girl must get really cold in that thing. <laughs> Well, speaking of Secret Invasion or Final Crisis, uh, anybody here keeping up with the uh, the events of the day? No, 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 no. Wow, hard time with those long crossover after fifty two and yeah, I burned out on it, and I just can't read them anymore. <laughs> if I like, hear it's good, I'll wait till trade. I'm, I'm one of those. Okay. Guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're one of those guys. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I'm kind of you know keeping my my toe into into Secret Invasion here and there. Uh, but Final Crisis has been it's been very good, mostly because I'm reading Seven Soldiers of Victory at the same time, okay. which there's a lot of Seven Soldiers. That's the old Graham Morrison thing yeah. that he did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. It, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm like six issues away. I'm almost done with the third, with the third trade, and it is it is a. I, I, you get, you, especially with Morrison, you can throw around the word brilliant, but it's really a brilliant work. It is, it is so good that he took four different mini, no, seven miniseries, four issues each, that all came out. They didn't come out concurrently, did they? No, it was, well, some of them did, but they they all filtered through one another. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and so you've got storylines that go from from one to the other, and characters that pop up in in different. It was it, an interesting experiment, and it was cool that he tried something like that. Yeah, and in trade, it reads awesome. It see, is. That's the one that that's that, see. That's the problem that I kind of have. Like Graham Morrison's brilliant. He's a great writer, and he's actually capable of doing stuff like that. But it requires the readers to go buy the trade in order to be able to follow mm-hmm. what exactly is going on. I mean, I've had a number of friends of mine who stopped reading certain series because they're like, I don't know what to read next or when to read what. I'm just going to go pick up like the ultimate versions of the, of the comics or, or whatever. So Well, he still um, tries to put out self-contained work that I, I, a lot of other writers yeah, do, like We yeah. Three is really good. We Three is amazing. Kill your you know, boyfriend. Bellows awesome. <laughs> Best comic ever. Which one? Yeah, Kill Your Boyfriend one. is my favorite Grant Morrison. <laughs> What's the thing with, with Seven Soldiers? I, th- I, I think that that walks a, a line on it, where it's bad on both sides, I think, in that it, it's a book that stared me in the face for a long time. It's like, okay, it's Morrison. I know it's probably going to be very good. Except for Zatanna, I really didn't know who any of the characters were. So Mr. I, Miracle? Well, not that Mr. Miracle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, but not, oh, okay. not that one. And so it was, and even then, if it was, yeah. you know, Kirby's, you know, Scott Free, I would be like, ah, it, it just wasn't enough to say, okay, pull the trigger and buy this first of four trades. But it's also a perfect place to jump in because you don't, you don't really have to know a whole lot about DC continuity. It helps, but it's so fucking off the wall anyway. You don't have to know the continuity. So, I don't know, where is the balance? Where is the balance of having something that anyone can walk in off the street and pick something off the shelves and feel like it's totally accessible 
or you know also something so intricately inside yeah. of yeah. the universe. I think it's best when you can find something that does both. Like there are really yeah. rare exceptions that can um, kind of weave themselves. Well, I wasn't in it hard when I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, I'd pick up stuff and I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't right. have any problem. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that that is maybe uh, it's because my brain was better. It well, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think it might have been worse because you you were accepting. You know, like you picked up a comic and you're like, I'm going to enjoy this. Well, when you're an well, adult and you pick up a comic, a lot of people are like, well, we'll just see about this. You know, sure, so sure. well, so there are so many more series out there than there were when we were growing up as kids. I think, but and but also, realistically though, I mean. I, you know, I picked up the X-Men stuff when Claremont was on it, and you know, he's referencing things from 15 years ago, and uh, that just yeah. made me want to check it out. It didn't scare me away. But, but, but he just did like it right. The he did it well. Follow the Mutants, for example. You could follow Uncanny X-Men and not follow any of the rest mm-hmm. and still get a great story. Um, and that might, not, that might be the case now, but now it's not just one series. Like, I remember um, Civil War touched just about every yeah. single comic in the Marvel Universe. And sure. you're just like, oh my god, like, I'm worn out. <laughs> you know? White flag. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. I don't know. Hey, now, what, what intrigues you to pick up a book that, you, that you're not currently getting? Whether it's on issue 12 or issue 1 or issue, you know, 200 in the case of, of Hellblazer, which I'm probably going to start reading for the first time in my life. What What is it that, that gets you to try out a book? If I haven't been told, then it's good. And if there isn't an artist, more likely for me an artist, but sometimes a writer than I've known in the past to like, always the cover. I know that that's a faux pas. Really? No, always that's not a faux pas. That's supposed that's to work. probably why mm-hmm. I'm a cover artist, because I'm like, well... That for me is that's the selling point. Like that's I'll how pick it's up something I've never work. seen yeah. before. <laughs> so that's well, yeah, they, you're doing it and the right way. That's why I picked up House of Mystery. I was like, these flies on the eyeballs. This is pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> I was I crying in the corner. I'm so afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. but yeah, always, always. Okay, cover. so so covered. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I guess after a while, you almost me. I kind of get desensitized to covers. Yeah, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think just like it's the same cover over and over. A really outstanding cover, and you can tell really outstanding. Artists or people that do something different, um, you can tell. Like we do, just on slash, right, Jenny? That's right. I have <laughs> <laughs> it's right over there on top. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the Barnum Bell. <laughs> but um, but I think you can you can still tell outstanding artwork, even if it's similar to something else you've seen. Like if it's sure. if it is spot on, you know, yeah. from, from innovative, a mile away. Like yeah. if I see a good cover, I can tell. Even surrounded by covers, even when I'm. Over, like oversensitized to how much is going on around. Sure, me. a lot of the simpler covers stand out a lot of times because there's so much going on. A lot of oh, the other ones. Sure. White. Yeah. I think white is the most obvious thing on you know the sucks, white though? album. Is the most obvious. But thing I, I started cover. doing like white covers, and then half the ones you get are dirty because <laughs> <laughs> they go like through the printer thing, you know. So like you're like, oh, white cover stands out. Cream, oh, it looks like I wipe my cream. butt with it. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Cream, cream colored <laughs> comic book <laughs> art. Like for me, when in in, in terms of, of covers, you know. I've seen so many covers that they they're kind of re- irrelevant to me, but it takes a sophisticated cover m- from to grab my attention. For example, Nightly News mm-hmm. had amazing graphic design on their covers, mm-hmm. and that was something that I picked up because of the cover. And I rarely do that. Well, Usually that's you're the hitting writing. the area where I was going to go to too, which is graphic design. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. instead of just having the title on the top, you're trying yeah. to do something a little bit more twisted with the title mm-hmm. and moving it around. Like fables, right? Think, fables yeah, is it a lot. Sure. Oh, but yeah, generally, too. like it's better to do. That or this the way that month they're stacked. The way that books are <laughs> right, right. Um, Generally, bad thing to do because the way they're stacked, you would just be cutting off the logo. The no. Wildcats uh, 3.0. I always remember those those covers as being very innovative. I think you see that now. Um, I don't know if anybody does more innovative and interesting covers than Fables and Hundred Bullets. Oh sure, Hundred Bullets. Hack Slash did a lot of innovation. And Hack Slash. <laughs> Um, yeah. I liked um, what's his face who did uh, he he did Hellblazer for a long time the covers of the Hellblazer Glenn Fabry sorry Glenn Fabry I pronounce his name wrong. yeah mm-hmm. I, I probably I probably for for years for, I mean well he's the preacher artist yeah yeah he's the preacher or artist cover artist mm-hmm. well he was also Hellblazer before preacher and then okay. and then did preacher and then did a bunch of of Hellblazer afterwards as well so. I love Brian Boland I'm gonna throw Brian that Boland. out there oh, well, too. Yeah. the guy Brian Boland if you were out there <laughs> I love you <laughs> <laughs> if you're in 
side of this microphone right now. When when he gets to design his stuff, he does some really nice. I was just looking at that Wormwood Calamari Rising trade Mm -hmm. right there. It's like that's really a neat, very standout cover compared to all those sort of hyper rendered. Sure, I mean there are all you know a lot of the standard guys that get mentioned. Um, James Dean, you know, obviously Alex Ross is is a guy that's really kind of made his bread and butter on on covers. Uh, Dave McKean, who just he ushered in the world of graphic design for mm-hmm. comic books. Really, he really did. I mean, he is a graphic designer first yeah. and foremost, and an artist the second. You know, comic artist the second. So Adam Hughes. Sure. Adam oh gosh, Adam yeah. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is Brian Wood? Does he design the covers yes, for, for DMZ? DMZ? Yeah. Okay, because he is. He's. Those are amazing. He's a right graphic designer. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a graphic designer, um, and and a very very accomplished graphic designer. And that's those are one of the you know heavy heavy design yeah, covers that are out there. Very heavy design on those. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, I love those. It's been it's been really amazing to see how the cover has has evolved over the over the years. The same guy who did Nightly News was he the same guy who did Filth? Hickman? No, that yeah. was, that uh, was good, Chris Weston. That had really yeah. great design. Chris Weston, I think. I just remember just from the first time I saw Nightly News, I knew nothing about it, mm-hmm. and I saw the graphic design on that cover of that comic, and I'm like, oh my god, this is absolutely stunning, and I picked it up. And it's good. And it's really it's good. good. Yeah. On the inside too. So. Santa looks like the inside. Yeah. Which is, it does. Which it does. is the, the, isn't that the biggest bummer sometimes? That is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the hugest disappointment. Or even if it's like yeah, okay, so have you have this beautiful cover, <laughs> but then you have a really bad artist, or yeah. or you really have somebody who just can't. Or, or it's just it's just so completely different. It's from, totally different, yeah. and you're like it's not even similar. Yeah, well, that's you know in preacher if you're not if you weren't expecting Steve Dillon to look at those you know beautiful you know painted favorite uh, co- covers and then open that up to Steve Dillon that's a that's a 180 from oh, you sure. know from his style. Well, Tim, you know you you let's mention Hackslash again. Um, you work on a series. You write a series that I'm sure that you're very involved in. In who does the art, both interior and exterior. Whenever are you involved in in finding cover artists? Do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I draw half of them and then I pick the other. <laughs> but the, they can't the hear you. Is, raise your hand, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. I raised Jenny, my hand. Jenny did a very nice cover for Hexfish 14, which just came out, which was the uh, Wizard of Oz theme one. But I mean, you know, it, the reality of it is, is, is I know readers, and as a reader myself, you have that sort of thing where you're like, well, this isn't the artist. The inside. Well, uh, yeah, so that's not my job to well, deliver yeah, but, but the artist on the inside. Well, it, it and my job it, is to get you to pick the book up. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been really. that way for a really long oh, time. So I think people I've heard a lot of people make that argument, but I kind of think that there, there's a different point. There is a total different point between a cover artist art and a narrative and artist. Yeah. Pinup art. Like, Definitely. There's, and there's artists that, that are awesome, story. awesome cover artists that are terrible interior artists. Yeah. So I mean, it's and you know, and you're trying to juggle a variety of things, which include, you know, people's schedule. And, right. and all these things, and there's a definite reason for for the hey, for why D- David you Mack. I love David Mack's covers, oh, and God, there's yeah. been enough discussion on the intranets and all that that <laughs> not the not the best sequential storyteller. Absolutely see, fantastic I, I, artist. Be, I, mean. I think he's a great and sequential artist. I, I mean, but depends, he used to be better when it wasn't painted. Sorry, it depends on what it is. It's it depends on what it is. He, when he did some of the Daredevil stuff or whatever, I thought mm-hmm. I thought like it was so. But but the story was like this. You know, I remember the story with the girl the echo, yeah. really mentally you know just out there and and he, the, his his art really matched that sort of psychosis or the one amazing. with the little kid that was like trapped inside himself and couldn't tell what had happened to his yeah. father like mm-hmm. that artwork it did Worked match a that. kid who can't communicate what's But you're not going to throw him in The Walking Dead and have no, him tell a no. convincing zombie story. No, and one of the things he does work. is he, well, at least for the, the one story that I'm talking about, he treats the page like it is a cover. I mean, like it is one illustration. Mm-hmm. And and not that, not that all artists don't do that, but, but he does it um, almost like each page is one painting, and he's kind of trying to lead your eye around it and... And it's just a little bit different than a regular narrative story. Now, whenever you guys are working on a cover, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to tell what the what the story is about on what's on the inside? Are you trying to get ultimately shelf appeal? I'm just trying to get by. Just trying to get by. <laughs> well, many times you guys don't necessarily know what the story is going to be because you guys get well, started on the cover pretty quickly. You know right? the basic idea. I mean, I, I've okay. never done a cover where I had a script in hand. I right. always had a, right. somebody yeah. said, hey, here's what it's going to be. And with Hackslash, uh, I know when Jenny and I were working on it, I didn't read the script yet. So it was like, hey, it's going to be sort of like a Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah, I had no idea what I was. Right. I, in fact, I had never even read 
right. fashion yeah, sorry, which Tim. whatever. Fuck I read off, it but, constantly you know. now, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By all your issues. But and that leads go, into the you know, story about the hell, first time. You know. that, well, not the first time, but the first time I went looking for Hack Slash was at my hometown mm-hmm. comic book store, and they didn't have it. Yeah, anymore. tell that story to burn and die. <laughs> so, um, no, but I mean, I, you know, I think part of your your job is is mostly just to you know, create a compelling image and, and not yeah. necessarily to reflect the exact contents of the book. It's not, I mean, if, if you know, I think it must go compete with Marvel and DC. Not uh, always that way for specific reference. Brian Boland, when he was on Wonder Woman, always seemed to do an exact representation of one of the pages of the book, sure. but way better. Well, <laughs> so yeah. I thought he must get the entire book, or he sends in the cover and sure. they show the artist the cover, and he's like, well, I'm drawing that. I'm doing that <laughs> thing. Well, you get the impression, I mean, yeah. obviously in the, thing, in the past things were done slightly differently, too, where they actually did have scripts mm-hmm. before they yeah. did the covers, which in today's market is not always true, oh, sure. uh, especially well, in the indie market. Well, a lot of it's because of the, you have to solicit it the so far. Solicitations are so far yeah. advanced. Yeah. yeah. So usually you don't. But uh, loved his yeah. Animal Man covers. By mm-hmm. the way. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, my uh, CBG thing. I got to pick my ten favorite covers in CBG this week. Uh, so yeah, I got to pick my Animal Man. What's in there? Was, uh, <laughs> is it, was one of my favorite. Drinking, Mike Norton's drinking <laughs> animal paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Show. <laughs> you were the classiest man. He's ever. got a forty and a brown paper. No, I'm not. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Sorry. It's probably a spark. So I used to be hyper and drunk later. And it's angry. not. It's a Miller Lite. Norman looks like he's gonna roll me, roll me for some change in a minute. I would uh, say. I, I would say going back to what what you said, you were asking what it takes for you to go to a comic that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have picked up before. Um, nine times out of ten these days, back in the day, it used to be about the art for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was younger. Nowadays, it has to do well. It has to do with two things. One, uh, the writing. Writing is absolutely the most important thing to me nowadays. And then number two, it's um, you know it can be buzz, like if there's something unique or a twist. Um, but the art is important to me but I think the writing is um, very important you know especially if the writing is important how do you it's um, reviews, right? I mean, everybody kind of runs it, by internet reviews. These well, days. You, but you said in, in addition the buzz. So if it's just the part about the writing, is it generally a writer, an uh, an author that you already know? Um, sometimes, but many times it's also um, a writer that might get a lot of positive buzz okay. online. But that or your local comic spin. Store, yeah. yeah, or the local, local comic shop. Some you know my my local or comic a shop will drop podcast or a podcast. Okay. Actually, actually around comics, you introduced me to Queen Country, which I thought oh, was sweet. absolutely amazing so i mean i really enjoyed that one but um but yeah it's it's those other venues um the art is still very important to me i mean there there's certain things like i think i i don't know what you guys think as artists but like ex machina i think is actually beautiful on the inside Mm -hmm. talk about graphic design watching and and looking at the and the graphics and stuff but um someone at the table is not a fan yeah we're not gonna say who it was yeah i mean i can understand why some artists wouldn't like it that much because of how it's 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 stiff. It, it it's it's well it's it's all it's all magazine covers kind of in a way. You know what I mean? It's we were like, talking about I'm this the other week. He, he's um, Tony Harris is working on the book with uh, Mark Miller, the War Heroes, okay. and it's it was kind of hard for me to read that book. So I'm, I I accept Harris's art in Ex Machina, uh-huh. but it's hard for me to to accept it in another book. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. It just kind of it didn't flow for you when you read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how kind of how I felt. When it was just kind of. Oh. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. I mean, it's, but yeah, I mean, good art coupled with a great story, definitely, you know, a, a home run. But you know, if it's if it's a great writer who you know has their own indie comic and they're scratching out their kind of poor drawings and stuff, but it's still really good. Torso. I will bend this on torso. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. And I love that comic. Right. Like Chris Burnham. I will on anything. Burnham. Burnham. Yeah. Just one reference. Oh yes, the, for the Burnham Bell. So, well, Andrew, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about what you do because we did our video game episode way back when, and um, Adam and Mike Kennedy sat in with us. We I don't know if we even talked to you on that episode. I'm not sure, but he was out in the corner, not really reading comics, reading comics, and kind of hanging out, talking to people. Yeah, just sitting down in my little pile. But one of little ponies. Yeah, my little pony. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, first of all, I mean, you do have a history in comics and. And then you you did some comics back in the 90s, didn't you? Yeah, I did some stuff, some independent stuff. Okay. And then I did a showcase for DC back in the 
back in the 90s. It was just like an eight-pager. Okay. I did. Kevin Nolan inked it. That was cool. Hey, there you go. Ooh, I, I love Kevin I love Nolan. Kevin we Nolan. talked about this last time. Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah. He inked me once. <laughs> I covered for the Hero Initiative. That sounds dirty. It's <laughs> the best thing I've ever Everything seen. Everything here sounds dirty. <laughs> well, what what was it that got you into into the video game uh, game? The, the industry, when I started getting into graphic design, I started mm-hmm. doing some stuff with uh, Cabinet Art back when they were still doing cabinets back at Midway. Met a lot of people there, mm-hmm. and they were doing MK at the time. Actually, I hung out with a lot of the guys. Is MK Mortal Kombat? Yeah, sorry. It's Mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> sorry. I don't it's know all about video games. Though. Industry speak. <laughs> yeah. MK. Hey, you must know something, because you came up with that. I thought it was Monkey Knights. Oh. <laughs> Monkey Knights. <laughs> yeah, we're working game. on Monkey Knights. <laughs> Pitch that to the Midway people. <laughs> so, yeah, just a lot of the people were in the industry when I was... Uh, doing comics and stuff just hang out with them and they were doing comics occasionally too um, yeah because it seems like there's a lot of cross pollination right um, who's the guy that's doing um, uh, it's the Brian Reed book at at Image right now um, oh gosh help me out here what's it about it's an espionage book um, Phil no, no. they're uh, shoot uh, poops no I can't remember does this come back to the Video game. This is that. Yeah, yeah. The, the artist. The, art, the artist is a. Same uh, Infinite Horizon. No, no, oh, no. Brian no. Reed. I don't. Yeah, know Brian Reed. Um, <laughs> here, oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah, Brian hold Reed. I'm not. Hey, <laughs> hey, Mark. What's the What's the book that Brian Reed is doing at Image? The espionage book. Hey, Suntress. What's the book that Brian Reed's doing at Image? The The espionage book. Brian Reed Espionage. Oh, uh, The Order. The, the Circle. The Circle. The Circle. There you go. Okay. The Circle. circle. Very complicated name. No wonder <laughs> I couldn't remember it. <laughs> but uh, it, what do you do at Midway? Are you doing like concept art? or? Well, at Midway right now, there's a, there's there has been a crossover. I'm going to start doing some concept work, uh, possibly. There's a lot of shifting going on at Midway because of... Uh, the company's changing fast. Okay. There's a few people that have left, and then they they've laid off uh, about 80 people in Austin. Oh. So there's a lot of shifting going around. The, the group that I'm in is called Central, and we're kind of the the fixers and betweeners who they come to us when they're behind and they use mm-hmm. our resources. So there's there's going to be a lot of crossover going on. I mean, my history is in a lot of concepting. Mm-hmm. Then I started getting into character texturing and, and modeling, and then environment modeling, and that's what I do basically now at Midway. Okay. It's a lot of 3D stuff, but I have a background in concepting. So it it, it, it all kind of crosses over. And a lot of people in the industry now, they're starting to get more open about what they do. They're not exclusively getting involved in just mm-hmm. one field. They want to get involved in more than one, just a little bit of programming, a little bit of... It's getting to a point where you got to juggle a lot of hats sometimes. Because okay. there's, there's... Occasionally you'll have downtime, and they just don't want people sitting idly. Because oh, that's sure. a lot of... Especially now, there's a lot of lost money, a lot of money to be spent. So I'm wearing a lot of hats, basically. <laughs> you I have tired. a book like that. <laughs> I think it's called Hats for Sale. Hats for Sale. <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> Really? <laughs> it was my favorite books when I was little. Nice. Okay. Books for sale. Or hats, hats for sale. Hats for sale. Well, you have a, you have a fantastic um, sketchbook that you dropped by. You had it at, oh, the, at Wizard World Chicago. Yeah. Um, anywhere that um, people can check out your art online? I see. Uh, what do I have now? All I have right now, I'm working on a website. It'll be amkadelka.com. Uh, there's a MySpace. You can probably find it. It's just, you know, the MySpace and slash... A M K U D E L K A. Yeah, that's yeah, beautiful stuff. You had, you had you had dropped by a um, uh, the Art of Midway Games book. Yeah, that was uh, about a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, if if you want to see some absolutely breathtaking art, this this Art of Midway Games is ridiculous. I was I just it's it's one of those books that I left on the coffee table and would stare at for just like hours. Vincent, Vincent Prost is a comic guy too, mm-hmm. to to begin with, and he's doing a lot of the concepting there at Midway. And the stuff that they've done for MK versus DC, or Mortal Kombat versus <laughs> Detective, Detective Comics, Detective Comics. <laughs> basically. No, I know what that means. <laughs> He's great, and he's uh, he's done a lot of stuff with video game computer design. I mean, he can sit there and draw something straight on. He's working with uh, Wizards of the Coast right now, actually, on, on a couple of projects. But he, he can do stuff straight on the computer or just hand draw it. So, I mean, it's it's getting to that point where a lot of people are, are, are doing both, and I think that's pretty cool. Different so, hats. Different hats. Hats for, for sale. sale. Different pants. Hats for sale. Different hats, um, different pants. Speaking of uh, video games and artists and uh, some sad news I saw today, um, when we did do our, our video game episode, uh, Mike Kennedy w- was sitting in with us, and he did a book with Carlos Meglia uh, called Superman. Yeah, Infinity. that was that was some great art. Yeah, Carlos Meglia died today. No today? Kidding. Yeah, he really? passed away today. He's 50 years old. 
Wow. Huh. Yeah, I was. Kamigars work too hard, man. They die like. Well, they don't see early. the sun ever. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a weird, sad trend. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, well, it's been going on lately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we had you know Michael Turner. Too much weeks, working. Well, well not Mark Turner. Obviously, he had yeah. disease. But Jack, Jack Kamen, but Jack was he was R- not not young. R- so. Ringo, and then uh, yeah. who was the yeah. the artist that I loved his work, but he he was uh, in Japan when he passed. Oh, oh uh, Fish. Seth Fisher. Yeah, yeah. He, he Seth Fisher was great. A rough couple years. Yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, too crazy, crazy schedules, crazy too much. We're all getting old. Crazy people. Yeah. No they're all young. This. They're all young. No people. one does this when they're saying. <laughs> I'm trying like, to give them some reason. <laughs> but it's it, uh, bad scheduling. <laughs> yeah, that was some, kind of some crappy news before I came out here, and uh, I was like, I actually was unfamiliar with his work, I had, which surprised me. But uh, when people send the news around, town, I was like, I don't know who that is. R- very animated. Set, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Obviously, the sort of. Uh, Progenitor of the sort of you know Rama school of art. Obviously, he created that absolutely way ahead of the time. So absolutely, really good stuff. Well, uh, got a couple a uh, couple things I want to uh, bring up here before we wrap up. First of all, uh, longtime friend of the show and just all around awesome guy Andy Parks is blogging now. He has a daily. Blogging. He is he's blog. He has joined the blogger nation. He has a daily blog. It's at uh, andyparks.blogspot.com. And uh, for those that don't know, Andy spells his name A N. D-E, not A-N-D-Y, so it's A-N-D-E-P-A-R-K-S. And Parks. Andy has an awesome blog. Every day he takes a, scans a panel of original art that, that he um, owns, most of them, and uh, and just kind of like talks about that artist and kind of what it means to, to him. And, you know, Andy is obviously a very accomplished inker. He talks about all of the inking techniques and just, you know, goes in-depth into, into these artists artists and the techniques that they use and you know is also able to keep people up to date on what he's working on so check out andyparks.blogspot.com and uh, leave comments there um, Hillary Barda and Jason Malay are uh, uh, currently have an issue of Munden's Bar available Grim for, Jack. for old, old Grimjack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grimjack fans should know that. Uh, you can go to comicmix.com and it's issue number six of Munden's Bar. It's extremely funny, and if you if you love Hillary's art style, it is it's gorgeous. EC just what did Jason do there? Jason he colored it. Oh, he colored it. I like yeah. Jason. Um, cool. John John Ostrander and. Hillary, I believe, did the story. Hillary drew it, inked it, and Jason, who I saw, just saw walking into the shop, um, Jason um, colored it, and it's beautiful. He's a little redhead over there. Yeah. <laughs> and as I understand, Munden's Bar is another one of those rare venues that can have changing artists for the same. Because then Dr. Burnham Well, not one? even, did he, Dr. Burnham? Dr. Burnham. <laughs> it was one, back in the 90s, it was one of my first uh, trials to get in the first. A Munden's Bar? Anina Bennett was uh, the, the editor back then, and she got me to do something and I, I think I think I still have that somewhere. Nice. Nice. That's uh, well that's um Comic Mix is Mike Gold. Mike Gold who yeah. ran first yeah. comics here out of Chicago. Yeah. Circular, mm-hmm. like Cic- a carousel. Cyclical, <laughs> as, as I like to say. So anyway, go check out ComicMix.com. They have some great... Uh, I love the... I mean, we'll talk about this next episode. Their their model is that they're putting out content on the web, and then they're going to go to trade. So go and fall in love with it online, and then buy the trade whenever it comes out. That's so um, Freak Angels um, is another one. That's really cool. I've been reading that, too. And they just announced that the trade will be out November-ish, I believe, in time for the holidays. So everyone that has or hasn't been reading Warren Ellis' Freak Angels is going to be able to buy that in trade now. I think it's a great model that I think you're going to see more and more people go to. Um, speaking of promotion, um, I got uh, in the mail the Stumptown mini comic. Let me let me r- rustle around. Find this here. Here's the sound effects for rustling. Russell, Russell. Hey, Russell. You just know a guy named Russell. Would he wrestle? No. Smoked a lot of pot. But he was all muscle. <laughs> Rhyme. And he would eat <laughs> most of I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture of this up on the forum, but this is this is the Stumptown promotional comic that went out. This is a uh, uh, Greg Rucka and uh, Matt uh, Southworth's new comic coming out from Oni. It uh, came in a little in a in a little envelope March, uh, marked marked uh, confidential, and the comic is what about two inches by what is that three and a half inches or so? Size of business card. Yeah, it, yeah, it's business card size and came with a uh, with a magnifying glass, but. 
guys want to take a look at that. Is it black and white? Yes. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. Or is it black <laughs> and white awesome. comic book? Well, this is going to be a trade, I meant, right? Or is it going to be a monthly? That is going to be, <laughs> that be a gonna... tiny trade that you can't open because it's so bad. <laughs> 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 but if you throw it, you can really hurt somebody. It's, it's amazing. going to be a, uh, a monthly um, private investigator comic from Oni. This and, looks uh, great. Uh, and you can read it at this size. Yeah, isn't Dude, that awesome? Three by five comics are the way of the future. It's like a deck of cards. <laughs> I thought that's that a great promo piece. That'll be coming out from Oni later on this year, I believe. And, and I know that Greg is really excited. Did you want to do He's a little tiny ass comic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you call it a little tiny tiny ass comic or a little tiny ass comic? Oh, that's a little tiny, tiny <laughs> ass comic. We're going to do a tiny asses? little ass comic. <laughs> Nice. do a tiny ass, ass comic. So, uh, Hack Slash number 14 That's is right. on shelves now. Jenny Frizen cover, Tim Seeley written goodness. And so. stone drawn interiors. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And you can check out the, uh, the Hack Slash uh, Omnibuy. Is that, are you calling it Archive Omnibuy? It's what called is? an Omnibus. An Omnibus. So you can check that out right now. Uh, we'll, uh, the last few things, check out Tom vs. the JLA. Uh, comes out almost daily, even though I think he's wrapping up, or just wrapped up, and going to be starting uh, The Flash, uh, starting with showcase number four, uh, whenever he gets back on that. Uh, I'm on 11 o'clock comics every Thursday or Friday, whenever Vince B. gets his lazy ass to edit it and put it out. So I'm usually much more uh, inebriated and opinionated on the that, so uh, check out 11 O'Clock Comics. More inebriated. Dude, I've noticed that because I started listening to 11 O'Clock Comics and you're a little slower, a little slurrier. <laughs> Angrier. A little bit Angry. like a little bunch of fish in the face. Oh no, I'm I like, don't want to be on that show. <laughs> like, Chris is drunk. This is nice. And angry. Drunk <laughs> no. and angry. Those are the best combinations. I, I, was a, I was a fucking rainbow this last week, so I'm, I'm, I'm toning it down. Uh, you can also check out my column, Comics. Shots every Thursday at ifanboy.com where I give you a, uh, a drink and a comic book recommendation. Speaking of Greg Greca, this last week was a, a Vesper Martini, which is the, the original James Bond Martini, and uh, Queen and Country was my comic recommendation. So uh, each week a new drink and a new comic. Check that out at ifanboy. Lille Blanc. That's a Lille Blanc. Yeah. My French is. You have to go to Benny. I went to two other. Liquor stores and they're like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, wait, wait, on. where'd you go? Arkansas? Not, you mean it's not Bud? <laughs> we had Bud and Bud Light. It's just the, they didn't have it at Cardinal Liquor across the street. Um, all right, that should uh, that should wrap that up. I want to thank Thanks everyone, for everyone for we being wanna here. We want to thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you won't be saying that. You won't be saying that after the next episode. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime. In between time. Good Adam. <laughs> we'll be everywhere in and around <laughs> comics. God, I think I that one my own. I listen to this so much. <laughs>